Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Special announcement starts now. Hello, listeners. Yeah, we're coming at you pre-episode to tell you that we are actually doing a live show at the Bell House on July 8th at 7.30 p.m. And... Tickets are available now. This is going to be, we're, we're doing a little summer break after, not for too long. We'll be back soon, but this is, I, I would say this is, it doubles as a, a season wrap party, wouldn't you say? Oh, you know, I actually would. I'd say this is our season two wrap party where we can, oh, celebrate. Um, Finally, well, first loose. of all, celebrate us. Yes. <laughs> Second of all, celebrate you all. And third of all, celebrate, well, summer. And also, do you know what else we're celebrating? Do you want to say both our birthdays? That's true. My birthday will have been one week before and yours will be a little over a week, a little over a week after. And it honestly, listen, I'm literally just saying this now talking out of my ass, but I'm like, maybe we all party afterwards. Maybe it can be a joint birthday thing. It is a Friday. It's a Friday. And the, the show is at 730, meaning like it won't be too late. It's not like a late show. I mean, to pretend that we won't party afterwards, that's like ignorant. Like we it's will. ignorant and it's it's not to make some kind of cliche joke, but it is homophobic in a sense <laughs> to assume something like that would happen. I mean, I would even argue it's like heterophobic. Like it's like it's 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 um I almost want to say um conservative. It's family it's, values. It's family values to assume that there won't be a party on a Friday night after a show right. at 7 30. Yeah, it's heteronormative because you're assuming straight people are family values, and it's homophobic because you're assuming gay people are straight people. <laughs> and let's not look too much into that comparison. Yeah, it all checks out. And in this uh description, obviously bi people do exist. They just are somewhere in the middle. Yeah, they party some of the time. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right. Is that good? Is this a good announcement? This is really good announcement. And you know, before we started recording this, we said, we'll just put this in the beginning of every episode for the next four weeks. <laughs> Let's see how that goes. Yeah, we'll put it in one episode, and then we'll record some more. All right. Well, okay, we'll we love you, and we can't wait to see you at the show. And we'll put the Eventbrite link in the episode description, so you can just click, click, click away. No need okay. to even Google. Bye-bye. Don't Google it. Bye. Enjoy the app. Okay, podcast starts now. Hello, Stradio Lab listeners. Boy, do we have an episode for you because George has told me already so much. He has told me he is the most hungover he's ever been. He told me he can't see or hear. But he has, you know, when you give up certain senses, you actually gain others. And while he cannot see, he cannot hear his um, ability mm-hmm. to storytell has only gotten stronger. That's right. That's right. It's really interesting how that works. Much like Ben Affleck and Daredevil, people are talking, and I'm I I can almost sense it as though I'm reading a book. <laughs> I have my proverbial highlighter out. You know, my eyes are in fact crossed, and each is looking in a different direction, and I'm taking both in. <laughs> You're seeing things in a, on a plane that you know we can't even comprehend. People think the math lady meme is just a joke. That's my life. <laughs> Like, there are equations happening all around me, and I am solving them. Oh, my gosh. Well, do you want to get into it? Do you want to properly talk about it? Sure. Well, so I, unfortunately, we do have to anonymize some of the people involved in my night last night because they are, in fact, friends of the show, close friends of mine, and people our listeners might know. But I had an experience after the famous party I went to and... Someone told me I was acting like I was 75 years old. I'm now trying to be as youthful as possible in my going out habits. I am even going out, yeah, once a week. (laughs) Last night, you know, I was at a show and people said they're going out in Bushwick. And I said, what are you talking about? It's midnight and we are in Gowanus. (laughs) And then I had myself two tequila sodas and I said, woo, let's do this. And so we got there and I had a very nice time. And what I was saying to Sam earlier was, At the end of the night, I suddenly found myself, I don't know how I ended up there, I suddenly found myself in a group that was, let's say, one heterosexual couple and then two other hetero-passing people. And suddenly there were swinger vibes among the four of them, these two cis men and two cis women. And suddenly I was like, wait a minute. I'm the gay guy at the gay club, and I'm the one not being sexually adventurous, and in fact, not even being sexual, period. Quite frankly, I was dancing my little butt off to the Killers remix, and meanwhile, these four people are doing that movie Adore with Naomi Watts, where they fuck each other's sons. Well, I haven't seen the film, but you are painting a beautiful picture for me. It's it's two moms, and then they fuck each other's sons. Huh. Well, that's Im- that's, that sounds like cinema. Uh, um Yeah. And I was trying to kind of describe this to Matthew today, and I was like, it was weird me being the one gay person and the one person not in a sexual situation. He was like, I mean, you could have made out with someone if you wanted to. And I was like, that's not really what this is about. (laughs) This is about the principle of the thing. It's almost like it's unnatural. That's not what should happen at a gay club. And I also was like, I was not even in that mode. I honestly was not really like in the mood to 
hook up with anyone or like there wasn't anyone I was into that it was like not it was not even that I was like oh god if only I could make out with someone tonight and these straight people are doing it and I'm not it was just like some things have to be a certain way and you're really messing with nature if if this is the kind of story you're writing it felt very much like when they advertised Brokeback Mountain using the photo of Anne Hathaway and Jake Gyllenhaal <laughs> pretending it's a straight movie well yeah it's definitely disconcerting for you as as gay men in a gay space, we're supposed to be the ones that are sexually deviant and sort of be like, you know, oh, you probably don't know how crazy we can get. And then for them to sort of surpass that and actually get crazier than you, it, and then they yeah. made you, they turned you into like a little librarian. Well, I haven't even said the biggest punchline Uh-oh. of all. This is Randy Carlyle's The Joke. <laughs> Suddenly, the men made out. <laughs> the two men of this group. I mean, meanwhile, I'm over here like, could I bum a cigarette? <laughs> I mean, I guess like, did it seem like, I guess you couldn't have like hopped in. Like it would have been weird. No. <laughs> and it's also like, again, that's like, that's not what I want to, that's not what I wanted to do. You know what I mean? Sure, sure. <laughs> it's also like, if I hopped in, that would have been the most pathetic thing of all. Like these two straight guys making out and me being like, room for one more. <laughs> I mean, that's the the cruelest thing is when two straight guys make out or when two straight guys like, like, do you know, there's like infinite stories of like two straight guys jerking off together in high school or whatever. And it's like, hey, how come I never got to do that? And it's like, it only works because they're two straight guys. It's so crazy to think of those memories and to think of people doing that and you being like, oh, so we're gay. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, no, no. No, sweetie. We're jerking off together. Get your homosexual mind out of this. Also, your story, I'm sorry to say this, but I think it needs to be said. It's Costanza-esque. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's Costanza-esque. Who are other kind of Joker flop characters that constantly make a fool of themselves in film and TV? I mean... It's honestly, it's the sidekick. It's like, it's also, it's like Monica Geller in Friends. Oh, I'm not a Friends head. (laughs) Courtney Cox. It's literally like a flashback, or it's also like Chandler Bing. Sure, there we go. I mean, we're literally at like the Seinfeld Diner right now, and you're being like, the straight guys, and they were kissing. (laughs) And then I'm like, straight guys, and you're like, straight guys. I mean, the indignities, you know, it's now kind of a pattern of me recounting these small humiliations after going out on this podcast and I want to make it clear I had a, a very good time both nights both the time I was accused of being 75 years old and the time I was desexualized in front of my community by four straight people but you know what you live and you learn yeah it's a bumpy ride you know you're on a journey I think towards your next form yeah which is what I think it's supposed to be like sort of a tasteful uh, going out person yeah i mean i guess or i don't know it just seems like that's sort of where you're headed or that's where your this friction is coming from it's going out troubles if you had a little book right called going out troubles by george Severus. go yeah well if anyone wants to publish it <laughs> like i said i'm a really incredible storyteller it's flowing out of me like lava but there was and then you also said we have more to discuss and i didn't know what that meant well I mean, I almost feel like maybe this is too much for one episode, but we do have to discuss our experience going to an event. Oh, yes. We went to the event of the season. We went to the Fire Island premiere. Stream it on Hulu. Let's say that first and foremost. That's right. It is now out on Hulu. (laughs) How many people in it have been guests? Three? Let's say three. Well, 
here's what, what I'll did you say. think of the party? No, I. <laughs> well, no, I. I had. I had a great. I, I have nothing but good things to say about all our dear, delightful friends. What defined the party? And this is also okay. This is also George Costanza. You know what I'm going to say? My experience of the yes, party. Yes, this is so George Costanza. Okay. Oh my this god. This is actually. It, it's actually crazy that two of these things happened to me in one week. <laughs> so basically, what happened is our dear friend. Joel had tickets for everyone and was like, who, you know, I have I have a set amount of tickets for my friends who wants one, whatever. And then I was like, you know, Joel, I actually already bought two tickets because, I, you know, I didn't know if, if they were going to be extra. And I wanted to support the, the film made by our, our friends and peers and sisters. I actually already bought tickets online. Are the ones you have better ones like are the ones you have like VIP ones? Because if not, if if that's the case, then I can sell mine and like take the ones you're offering. And Joel was like. Joel was like, oh, I asked them. They're all the same. So just like go with the ones you have. This is in no way Joel's fault. And no no part of me blames Joel. It is truly a clerical error on my end and on the people Joel was communicating with. But what ended up happening was we get there and everyone else has VIP tickets and I have a general admission ticket. <laughs> so suddenly at every stage of the night, I am <laughs> I am with my friends and then I am forced to go into a different line than them. And this happened Twice at the actual screening and then once at the after party. And the the peak of this was that as we were entering the theater, Matthew and I were put into the overflow room that screened the film in a separate smaller theater next to the larger one. I love this so much. It's so George Costanza. It's like, because of course it would be like, you like... <laughs> You almost cared more. Like, you, like, were doing the right thing. And then I also was like, yes. Yeah, no, exactly. And it's no one's fault, exactly. Yeah. It was truly, like, a miscommunication. And in retrospect, it was so dumb that I didn't just, like, do the thing that was the safest option. And even, honestly, sell tickets and make money. <laughs> like, but it was just, like, it all kind of happened in slow motion. And then, also, I know this was not intentional on your guys' part, but it really did feel like as soon as the lines were drawn, suddenly you guys were acting like I was less than, <laughs> like I was, that you were better than me. I, I know that's in my head, but suddenly I felt like people were like, um, see you inside, I guess. <laughs> no, I didn't think I was better than you. I I felt bad for you. One, let's start there. I've mostly felt I knew that it would like really fuck with your head, like because you were texting me like I'm in the other theater. I can't believe this is happening, and it was truly like if you had not told me that, I would have just assumed because the theater was quite large. Like I would have just assumed you were somewhere else, yeah. <laughs> and instead it was like <laughs> I it was just eating at you. I texted like three different people, increasingly kind of dramatic texts and i was also it's so frustrating when you don't know where to turn your anger to mm -hmm. i'm like am i mad at fox searchlight <laughs> <laughs> especially because when i went to pick up my tickets i showed the ticket i showed my the email to the woman who was the one giving you guys your tickets and she was like oh you purchased it through new fast <laughs> you know this is uh, people are punished for trying to be good you know, you're much better off. I mean, here I am supporting an LGBTQ plus film festival. My money is going directly towards more rights for our brothers and sisters in the community. And who's rewarded? You know, <laughs> the people who were rewarded were me who like just responded to it, who like waited till the movie was sold out. And then when Joel texted like who wants tickets says like, oh, yeah, yeah, I want to go. <laughs> yeah, I guess I'll come. I guess I'll come. I guess I didn't, I, you know, I, I didn't care about supporting my friends. But now that you mention it, sure, I'm free that day. <laughs> yeah, it's toxic. Meanwhile, here I am financially supporting the queer community, being upstaged by straight men making out. 
and hung over at 1 p.m. <laughs> with no sign of a bathing. No, I think you're going to have a great day. I think this is going to be a great episode. I'm already... I think I actually do kind of love this plot line for you. I think it's a new journey for you, and I think it's really funny, and it's really working for me. Yeah, wait, yeah. Well, wait, we do need to bring in our guests, but I just like, this is actually exactly the kind of narrative I'm trying to move away from in my life. No, it's genius. You got to run it towards it. You got to lean in. Okay. I really have to reclaim being George Costanza. Yeah. I think it could be huge. I think this, I mean, George Costanza is one of the most famous comedic characters of all time and you're living it baby that's true like i think he's my na- my namesake i mean you're literally named after him your parents named you because of that and now we said it <laughs> okay we have to bring in our we guest simply have to. there's truly no way around yeah. it <laughs> this next guest is actually one of the only people as and we've said this on the patreon but many people might not subscribe to the patreon perhaps we because we never uh promote it because we are bad businessmen anti-capitalist <laughs> We're anti-capitalist and also terrible at our jobs, and it is having a detrimental effect on our income and our livelihood. Correct. But this next guest is the first guest who has a fan army that created a Gmail account called, and this is not a joke, called Craighead Nation, that then emailed the Strader Lab account and said, we demand Olivia Craighead on the pod. Best wishes, Craighead Nation. And at the time, as many people know, I had a very kind of fascistic almost ban (laughs) on Gawker employees on the podcast. And I said, but at the same time, I'm not going to be a victim of the Stan Wars. I'm going to bow down to this Stan army that is emailing us. So I said, you know, what's the best that we could do? We'll have her on a Patreon app. So we had her on a Patreon app and we, it was one of our movie apps and we discussed the Matrix. But then, you know, the Stan army got more and more powerful. And I said, yeah, I'm lifting the ban. I'm not going to be the one. I'm not going to be one of these people found dead in a ditch and with like one direction written on them in blood from a one direction stand. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So the point is the guest is Olivia Craighead. <laughs> <laughs> Olivia, hello. And I, oh I'm sure God. that is maybe the longest we've ever talked without introducing a guest. <laughs> well, there was so much to get to. There really yeah. was. And at every point I was like, I wish I had your input on this. Okay, so I have a couple things to say. First Please. of all, you erase Robin Wright from Adore, who was the other mom mm, that's in correct. that movie. Toxic. Um, second of all, when, with the, when the two guys started making out, like, is the thing that like, is what you, your dream scenario for that is that one of them like tries to make out with you and you're like, no. So that's like, that's a, that's a valid question because that is, that is a question that makes sense based on the fact that I am pissed about this. <laughs> And I, what I'm trying to articulate is that it's not really about, like, I literally don't want to make out with either of the straight guys. It's not, it's more like, I, if anyone's going to be making out, sure. it should be me. That That's kind of where I'm coming from. And I'm, I'm saying that even though at the time there was no one I wanted to make out with and I wasn't even in that, like, mood. But it's like, this is wrong. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. This is very Costanza of you. And I think yeah. if you're going to be a Seinfeld character... Like, t- number one, you want to be Elaine. Number two, you... Of course. It, it, and then a significant drop. <laughs> and then probably George. Last is Jerry, Last. because the worst of yeah. all of them. Yes. No, 100%. I, I guess, like, one more question about last night. Totally. Is, like, were you, like... Were you angry? Or was it more, like, um... What was the the emotion behind it? Um, Because at first I think I interpreted it as like you were sort of like making almost a quirky observation. And now I'm starting to see that maybe there was more emotion behind it than what I'm. (laughs) I think think what it was is so this this what I'm describing was at the tail end of the night. It was a very, very fun night. 
it was also it started out as a much bigger group. We were all dancing together. The music was really good. And um, <laughs> and suddenly, you know, when you like blink and open your eyes and suddenly the situation is different. Mm-hmm. I yeah. kind of felt that like in the last truly like 15 minutes of the night, <laughs> there was a point where like two of them were in a photo booth and two of them were ordering drinks and there was a flirty energy in both groups. And I suddenly found myself drunkenly just walking from one couple to the other because I didn't have anything <laughs> else to do. <laughs> and it took like a couple of walks back and forth to be like, oh, what I'm doing is embarrassing. <laughs> so it was, it was, the feeling was more like, especially because I was a little, you know, I was obviously drunk and so interpreting everything very dramatically. <laughs> I think the thought I had was like, wow, after such a good night, it's going to end on this note. Like, that's that's kind of what it was. Yeah, okay. I know that feeling. When, like, the energy shifts yeah, and yeah. really dramatically, and you're like, wait, I'm actually not supposed to be there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it was also no one's fault. Wow. Well, subscribe to the Patreon. We'll, I, really hope, I really hope they're not Yeah, listening. we'll list their names first and last, maybe their addresses. So follow along. Olivia, did you do anything, like, Olivia. thrilling last night? or? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, what's going on with you? Oh my god, no, I haven't done anything thrilling in a minute because I've been moving into this apartment and unpacking all of my shit, which just makes me realize how much shit I have that I don't care about, don't need, have never wanted in my life. Um, Like, why do I own so many, like, stupid novelty t-shirts? I don't know. Mm. Um, And that's just something I'm kind of coming to terms with. That's what I was doing right before I logged on. (laughs) That's what I was doing last night. Mm. It really is confronting your own belongings and being like, this is what I've made of my life. Like this, this, these are, this is the proof that I have lived. This is what I've accumulated over the years. And not one of the things has value. No, like I'm looking at like a t-shirt I brought, I bought at like the art book fair that has a Furby on it that says the first time I smoked weed, I died. Like, (laughs) like why, why, why is this me? Why is this who I thought I wanted to like project myself as to the world? Haven't tossed it yet. Haven't put it in the Goodwill <laughs> pile yet. So we'll see. Yeah. Well, it's tough with things like that because sometimes they come back around and you're like, it's so cool that I was this. And now I get to redo it and be like, I've had this for 10 years. Exactly. Um, well, that's me and my legalized gay exactly. t-shirt. I firmly believe it's going to come back ironically. Oh, I think it's fully back. Like when you wear it now. I guess it's, it's fully like... back. And I brought it back. <laughs> but I will say this time around, I did. It pains me to say I did finally after two moves including to a different city take my the futurist female shirt to goodwill i think that's smart (laughs) (laughs) um and yeah it was in fact a crew neck sweatshirt well i will dox george and say that the other day he said that he kind of wants one of those new york times like the truth shirts as a joke as like a fun ironic joke and new york times sells merch that says the truth yeah i'm thinking birthday birthday's kind of coming up well, it is. In fact, it's next month, and I am. I, that would be a great gift. Wait, your birthday's in June, July twenty first. Oh, right, right, right. We're both, We're both cancers. cancers. I forget about that. To the t-shirt point, <laughs> yeah. I also feel that sometimes, though, sometimes life gets really serious, and you're like, no more t-shirts for me. Like, no more silly t-shirts. And then you find yourself yeah. like four years down the road, like actually with only plain t-shirts. I kind of had the opposite experience where I was like, what happened to me? Like, where'd the joy go? Why do I only have plain t-shirts? I used to be someone with, with a sense of humor and and uh, didn't take life so seriously. And now look at me. I have no novelty t-shirts. Well, what also <laughs> happens is like when you spend so many years buying things almost as a joke, 
and then you're like okay time to grow up but then you never actually invested in basics so you throw away your novelty t-shirts and you're like okay well <laughs> i guess i have these hanes like undershirts that, that I is wear. like kind of where i'm at where i'm like okay so i have my novelty t-shirts and i have like clothes to wear when i have to look like an adult and in the middle <laughs> i have no idea what to wear i've never I mean, had any idea what to wear Sam and I this is a fashion podcast. sadly talk about this all this the is time, a fashion and this podcast. is a fashion podcast. <laughs> all we talk is clothes and what we can and can't wear and why and what our issues are. Especially somebody, in the summer, yeah. what am I What am I supposed to be wearing? Olivia, Olivia. I feel like, I feel like shorts are kind of fraught. The can of worms like... you're opening up right now is like so deep. <laughs> Should I Sam just, I, should we yeah. go all linen? Is oh that kind God. of the move? Okay. <laughs> the, talk about a no, talk about like finding old novelty t-shirts. I had a summer where truly I blacked out and bought like 15 linen shirts. I was like, this is me now. And I now have like a whole section of my closet that has, I think like probably 10 linen shirts. I probably have worn each of them like once. <laughs> and I'm like, what do I do with this? <sighs> But I, I do. Know. Well, I do think Olivia, you would actually look great in like an all linen. I think I could. I think I could make it work. I think I need to like start investing in like linen wear for summer. Yeah, that's fun. I feel like you could pull off a Hamptons esque look. Yeah. Well, that whole coastal grandma coastal thing is grandma, happening yeah. on TikTok right now. Oh, I didn't know this was happening. Yeah, it's like the sub. My mom. <laughs> Someone wrote about it in the Atlantic and my mom sent it sent the article to me and said, I feel like my culture is being appropriated. <laughs> and I said, which part? And she said, all of it. Your mom sounds to to make that joke yeah. and have it land. Like, is your mom like 27? Oh, she's fine. <laughs> yeah. yeah, pretty much. That's so cool that your mom is 27. Yeah, exciting. <laughs> me and my mom are like the same age. It's actually she's really literally cool. she's texting you like, not me reading the Atlantic. <laughs> Okay, also, Sam and I both, humiliatingly, both of us bought a new shirt to wear to that event the day of. Okay, and the I've fact done that, that we have to recognize that we did that. I've done that so many times. I've like realized I had to like go to something, and I feel like I have nothing in my many pieces of clothes that could ever possibly fit the occasion. And then suddenly you're at Aritzia panicking. <laughs> Have you guys ever oh been God. to an Aritzia? No. I have been because I wanted to buy a puffer. Isn't that what they yeah. specialize in? Okay. It is hell on earth. Yeah. It is the worst <laughs> place in the entire world. It was like designed by whoever designed Abu Ghraib to like <laughs> make you feel horrible about yourself. So you go in and they don't do this as much anymore, but they used to like send a girl to you and be like, do you need a fitting room? Can I pull some stuff for you? What's your size? Mm, I think you're like. Probably like an eight. Okay. And then she like go, would go to the fitting room and like you would go to your fitting room. There'd suddenly be clothes you didn't pick out. And <laughs> then there are no mirrors in the fitting room. You have to walk no. out into this like communal space to look at their mirror. And there's always like the girl who you hand your clothes back to. And she's always like, those look really <laughs> good on you. Even though you're looking in the mirror and you're like, no, they don't. It, these leather pants look really bad on me. It's horrible, and I've had, I've panicked in there trying to find something for an event more than once. I, so I found this shirt. It was truly like two hours before the event because I was like going to commit to just looking bad. And then I was like passing a store. I was just like, here's a store. There has to be something. And I found this shirt and I kind of liked it actually. But then every time someone would be like, I actually really like your shirt, I 
felt like I, I was lying. Like I felt like I would have to tell them like, yeah, I actually just, just, just bought it. Like, and it was like, why couldn't I just accept the compliment and move on? Where did you put the shirt you were wearing beforehand? No. Okay. So I did have time to stop home, but truly okay. stopped home, took my shirt off, put the new one on and left. And also in this journey, I went to a, like, I had these like casual suit pants that I was considering wearing, but they were a little bit big. And I tried to exchange them at J. Crew. And the woman, I got absolutely negged by this like manager at J. Crew. She was like, you can't exchange these. They are so dirty. And I was like, I wore them once. <laughs> and she was like, well, she was like, they're clearly worn. And I was like, yeah, I'm not trying to hide the fact that I wore them. Like, I wore them once. I They don't fit me, so I want a different size. And she's like, they're like stains all over them. They're kind of stinky. <laughs> and I was like, that's Sam. literally not possible. Like, that's not true. She was like, fully like thought I was trying to steal or something. Like, she was just like, I'm not, I'm, you're not allowed to exchange these pants. Because then I took the pants to a different J. Crew because I was pissed off. And they were like, oh, yeah, we can absolutely return, exchange these. And I was like, yeah, this woman was like on one. Well, also, if you want to, re- if you were trying to exchange them, yeah, assume, just to right? Not size. even return them for yeah. cash. Like, just it was crazy. She's like, "Did you wear these to your job at the construction <laughs> site?" She called them stinky. I could not believe her. <laughs> well, she actually called she them. She actually said the word. They are stinky, and it was like I wore them one night. They were not stinky. Quite frankly, I cannot believe if someone did that to me, that's even more humiliating than straight people making out in front of me. I was like, truly, I was like, wait, how do I like get back at her? Like, I was like, this woman specifically, how do I get revenge? And I'm, I'm choosing love. I'm running away from yeah. the darkness, but ooh, baby, the Fifth Avenue J. Crew will feel my wrath at some point. <laughs> It, it is difficult sometimes um, dealing with, uh, dealing with sounds so condescending, but interacting with sales reps or customer service reps at a fancy, not the J. Crew is fancy, but like, let's say at a, at a nice store, because you're like, I know you have to treat me like I'm trash, but like, we are all in, like, we're, we're both workers in this system. Like, like, it's like you and we, I are like yeah. on the same level. Like, <laughs> yeah, if we like, leave this store, you and I are like right. the same kind of person. Yeah. Like. I'm sorry, and I and I don't want to be offensive, but like, you can't afford, like, like you're not you were given the suit to wear in order to be mean to me in my quest to get like one pair of pants on clearance. Like, you can talk to me like person to person. It was I also like when I first went to New York, I used to work at J. Cruz. Like, I understand their return policies. I was like, why are you being like this? This is fully your choice. The the, the company does not make you do this. It was insane. Oh my god, I. Of course, I mean, Sam and I talk about the eternal quest to find just a pair of effortless dress pants that you can just, like, wear a, a cute shirt over and, and be done. Has never happened with me. Some, somehow when I wear pants, suddenly my butt becomes, like, a different shape. <laughs> and it's not a good one. <laughs> I recently found a pair of, like, nice pants that are, like, like a light fabric. They're, like, a mint green. They're, like, nice trousers. And I am clinging onto them for dear life. I was like in shock and awe when I found them because I had never stumbled upon Ugh. such a such a prize. Wow. Well, I hope we can all be so lucky one day. I do. Should we do our first seg? We should. I just want to say if any fashion brands <laughs> want to send us things, like I do feel like at this point, we are open to that. <laughs> yeah, we've done a lot of soul searching, and we are now open to receiving free items. J. Crew, Aritzia, <laughs> <clears throat> uh, 
Um, okay, the thing about Aritzia, we need to do our first segment, is that they have like literally 17 million kinds of puffers and all of their names are like the one. But it's like, <laughs> they can't all be the one. <laughs> anyway, okay. Our first segment is called Straight Shooters. <laughs> I, no, um, I love that. We were both we, like, okay, can we just get to the segment already? <laughs> I know, I know. Sometimes an observation is just an observation and like doesn't need to well, be. Well, and this is why you're Costanza, not Jerry. Jerry, leave the observations to Jerry. <laughs> Are you Jerry? I, I don't know. I don't know who's Jerry yet, but. The underlying narrative of this podcast is like searching for Jerry. <laughs> one we're of both us side is, characters. One of us is Jerry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We have various guests on, and we're like, are you Jerry? <laughs> like, we need someone to helm this operation, because, like, it's not going to be us. Okay, the <laughs> we ask you a series of rapid-fire questions to gauge your familiarity with and complicity in straight culture. And the one rule, as you know, is that you can't ask any follow-up questions, and if you do, you will be assassinated. <laughs> Let me find mine. Okay. Olivia, God yes. Save the Queen or Pod Save America? Pod Save America. Okay. Lip service or church service? <laughs> church service. <laughs> the golden compass or the platinum jubilee? Oh, the platinum jubilee. Okay. Paying homage or paying for showtime? <laughs> <laughs> um, paying for showtime. Something that I don't do, but someone else does for me. I need to find someone to do that for me. I need searching for a daddy so I can watch um, Yellow Jackets. <laughs> Um, Olivia, the Bay of Pigs or FKA Twigs? Mm. <laughs> uh, FKA Twigs. You know, I actually think I have done this one before, but nevertheless, she persisted. Um, the Cohen Brothers, the Safdie Brothers, or the Mario Brothers? Um, that's a hard one, actually. Yeah, that's tough. I'm, I'm going to listen to my heart and say the Cohen Brothers. Oh, wow. This girl is on fire, or this man may kill me, parentheses from Gone Girl. <laughs> This man may kill me, parentheses from Gone Girl. <laughs> oh, I love that. Okay. Alan Cumming, Alyssa Nutting, or BJ Novak? Wow. <laughs> hey, pretty good, right? How did, how did BJ get in there? Because blowjob. Oh, okay. Got all it, got all it. of them are, are sexual <laughs> names. Nutting, Cumming, yeah, yeah, BJ. Yeah. Got it, got it, got it. Uh, <laughs> Alyssa Nutting. Okay, wow. Yeah. The intellectual jump wow. She's a reader. <laughs> um, oh. Wow. Stunning. Tens, tens, tens across I mean, the board. 999 wow. dubs, I would say. I have a question inspired by your um, straight shooter about brothers. Do we feel like siblings are having a moment? Oh, really? Well, what makes you ask this question? Yeah, say I more. Guess, I guess just like, okay. <laughs> I feel like the Olsen twins have never been cooler. Mm-hmm. Simultaneously, I mean, Gigi and Bella Hadid, to have, like, sisters be two of the biggest supermodels, that's something that's never really happened before. The Kardashians have gone from just Kim to now all the sisters have, have crawled their way into, like, the Met Gala. Of course, Haim. Of course. Um, Chloe and Hallie. <laughs> so these are all sisters, so these are all sisters which I think is yeah. interesting. Are sisters yeah. possibly having a moment? I actually think sisters are having a huge moment. Meanwhile, brothers kind of found dead in a ditch. Brothers found <laughs> okay, dead in a ditch. But... but you know what has never really popped off is one of each. Like that. <laughs> yes, you're so right. <laughs> like, 
Like Jake and Maggie Gyllenhaal are kind of the only one. Yeah, each and even then they're have. not really a and pair. They, they like, almost no. like, seem mad at each other. Like they're like avoiding each other. Yeah. Oh yeah. my god. Uh, Phineas and Billie Eilish are actually one of oh, each. That's, oh, that's, that's yeah. But then never, but then it's like this is. Suspicious. But then it's yeah, weird. It's weird. Yeah. It's weird when it's one of each. Wait, I, you know what you really need is like a gay guy and his. Oh straight my sister. god, Frankie and Ariana Grande. <laughs> Okay, well, not that. <laughs> because all of these, all of the ones you're saying are like, they're not on the same page. It's not like, it's not like Haim, where no. all of them are on equal footing, like, or the Rodarte sisters. <laughs> like, we need, <laughs> we need, like, a duo, a gay guy and and his straight sister, and they need to be, like, co-CEOs of the company. I'm really, really. That would be really powerful. Yeah. I agree. Like, but who? I'm sure we're forgetting There's got to be someone. I'm like Anne Hathaway has a gay brother. I of course yeah, but it's like no because his name is Anne Hathaway's gay <laughs> brother legally. <laughs> um, we just need if any like imagine a band that was t- a gay guy and his sister. That has to exist. Even a gay guy and his two sisters. Maybe it's me and my sisters. <laughs> now that that would be you huge. Know, there's something to yeah. Mm. I wonder. I wonder if it's possible. I would also accept a lesbian. I literally was about <laughs> yeah. to say the same thing. Lesbian and her straight brother. Like, that's In great. fact, I almost prefer that. I'm now realizing. <laughs> that would be like, that would be a really good band. Yeah. Yeah. Like. It's like Tegan and Sarah. What about Tegan and Michael? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, that's the Straighter Lab challenge is start a small business while being siblings where one is gay and they're a different gender um we also uh, we don't need to get into this but like we did also we haven't talked about seeing Haim on the podcast yet what the fuck? oh my god george has been talking about this for a week <laughs> <laughs> do i mean i'm like do we have too much we have to, to, should we, we all, can say that for the like, patreon. i don't know we, we have to get the patreon okay we have to get into the because, topic yeah okay the, we'll tease it a little bit and what i'll say is sam Started the concert by yelling, Hi, I forgive you at the stage. And then when we left, he revealed to me that he had unforgiven them throughout the course of the concert. So if you want to learn more, subscribe to the Patreon. Yeah, we'll talk about it there. <laughs> Olivia, you have brought a topic with you. Yes. How about, are you ready for a proverbial unboxing of the topic? <laughs> yes. Um, so my topic is Netflix. Mm. Streaming giant. Um, <laughs> money loser Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. So what made you think of Netflix and what is straight about it to you? Okay. So a couple things. One, Netflix was the first big streamer, kind of the Adam and Eve of streaming services. We can figure out which one is the Adam and Steve perhaps later. <laughs> um, and then I just feel like it is the perceived like default of streaming yeah, services. Like, totally, yes. have you ever heard like ask someone what they did with their night, and they're like, "Oh yeah, we just like went home and we like ate food and watched Netflix." And it's like that tells me nothing about <laughs> yeah. what you did with your night. Like, I what's going on? But just the idea that it's like a shorthand for watching a movie, watching a show, whatever, um, is very straight for to me. Um, and then everything on it is right. straight. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Like, Jason Bateman has an Emmy for directing an episode of Ozark. Is that not yeah. the straightest thing he you've ever heard? He has it for directing? 
for directing. I had no idea. Write to your senators. <laughs> and if you're in line to vote, stay, stay in, in line. line. This is absurd. I just like the defaultness of it, I think, is the is what makes it straight. It's like it's like the Kleenex of streaming services. It's a shorthand for streaming. I don't even know where to start on this. It is insane the yeah, the defaultness, like the phrases around it, like the culture that came sprouted up around it, like Netflix and chill. Oh yeah. my gosh. And yes. sort of being like it like replaced like going to the movies as like a colloquialism or something. If you think about the narrative of Netflix, it actually is an incredibly straight narrative in that, okay, so here we are. <laughs> it had its heyday when, and now it's kind of coasting off the fumes of when it was good. And meanwhile, when it was good was in fact that it like put people, put Blockbuster out of business, which was a much better, which was a, which was a much better point in our lives. It was almost like, it almost like colonized the yes. viewing of films and now is trying to like pretend that's a good thing and is like remember our heyday when we were colonizing <laughs> it's like well so not quite. the thing is is also is that like okay so blockbuster when you would walk into a blockbuster they're uh. all <laughs> there are all the cases in front of you and it's like oh my god i can sit here and like read the back of this vhs tape and like really think about what i want to watch and somehow netflix has replaced that with the most infuriating home screen i've ever seen in my life where things will just start like making noise and like you just see the little thing and you have no idea what it's about i didn't understand that they had remade the lincoln lawyer into a tv show until the- like <laughs> okay very can I recently tell you the number of things they have remade recently this was actually one of the most insane kind of discoveries of my life recently i was i went away for memorial day weekend and we watched two films we watched point break and minority report both class straight classics one could say i then you know was kind of like you know you looking up reviews and and wanting to read more about them come to find both of those randomly selected films were remade in 2015 they remade minority report into a show with Megan Good, I believe. What? Let me double what check. What was it on? <laughs> that is um, really show. insane to me. Because I knew they is, remade it is Point Megan Break, Good. Okay. and it was really bad. So they remade Point Break into a movie, and then they remade Minority Report into a television series. And these are just movies I, like, we happened to decide to watch. That, and they both were remade and flopped in 2015. Wow. Things are happening right under our nose. <laughs> <laughs> and we are standing by... Just we are it truly standing by. Oh, the Netflix flops! Like Netflix flops makes me feel joy. I I like to see them fail. Unfortunately, sorry, I can't help it. But I do the. It makes me hurt emotionally when they actually have like a giant hit, because it's like, wait, what is going? It feels very like. Did you know the Big Bang Theory is the most popular show on like in the universe? It makes me feel exactly like that. Where it's like, but you guys know this is, this is kind of bad, right? Like. And obviously not all Netflix shows are bad. Some are good. But like the ones that pop off and get extremely popular, it's always like, why this? I do not remember the time, the last time I watched a Netflix original television show and was like, I'm loving this. This is quality (laughs) television and I'm really enjoying it. I mean, again, much like the old guard television channels, it's like they're coasting off of, remember when Cheers was on this? And it's like, yeah, but let's try something new. Right. Phrases like Netflix and chill are kind of like, it's this kind of like half joke. Like you're meant to, it's like you're saying it with a wink, but like, what's the joke? Well, it was very, you know, it's very 2015. It's very adulting. It's very like, 
almost something to to acknowledge that you're in contemporary culture in a playful way, but <laughs> sort of not say anything of substance about it. Um, sort of, sort of that style of internet culture. Yeah, and of course, the first big Netflix hit was literally starring Kevin Spacey. You're right. We cannot forget. We cannot forget okay, that. that House of Cards and yeah, House of Cards was huge. And Orange Is the New Black was the other. Oh right, one. House of Cards was good though. It was really good. House of Cards, yeah. <laughs> Robin Wright. I mean, Robin, Robin Wright, circle. star of a door. <laughs> but now it's like you, we'll log on and the number one show is like some random show about like women in Georgia who like bake pies for their church or whatever. And you're like, who? millions of people are watching you know, this? Okay, this is going to sound so mean. I have a... <laughs> I have a, a horny Instagram account that I use to follow all the horny bears because I don't want to have just horny bears on my normal account. So sometimes I'll log into it and I'll just see like an entire feed of like the most like insane Midwestern horny bears that like have just a completely different world. And I'm like flooded with all this stuff. And they are always the ones that are like thrilled for season three of like random ass Netflix show. And I'm like, how, who, so this is who's watching this, like random, (laughs) random horny bears in the Midwest. And it's like that, like kind of taste level I feel. And I sound like a rude bitch right now. I'm sorry if you're a bear in the Midwest. I love you. I see you. I think you're beautiful. And um, I probably follow you, but I do think you can push yourself to have uh, different uh, content intake. <laughs> you guys are, everyone's mad at me. Everyone stop talking. Everyone's no, so no, furious. No, no. I said one thing. I tried to be vulnerable for one second. Now everyone's throwing no, a fit. No, I, I agree with you. I completely agree with you. Like, it's the same thing as when I see, like, people I went to high school with being like so excited Stranger Things is back and I'm like what are you talking about are we all like you're still watching that show I guess it's huge Stranger Things I cannot stress this enough started when Obama was president when you it is an Obama era show when you said that it actually stressed me out like it bummed me out in such a weird way you can tell because like all the in all the screenshots I've seen of it so far all the kids Look like they're doing 21 Jump Street in that <laughs> high school. Like, they all look so old. I watched, I like season one and two. I haven't seen the new one, but I guess I will. It's just a matter of when. So drag me. I guess I'm I'm the gay Midwestern bear that <laughs> No, I, 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 I want to even push back on the, because I feel like, the you know, when you say gay Midwestern bear, it's almost like that could never happen in New York. Well, honey take a stroll around Chelsea and tell me if those bears, if, I mean, if those emaciated twinks are not watching Stranger Things season four. No, you're 100% right on that. Yeah. It is interesting when you um, meet a gay person who has bad taste and then you're like, we're supposed to be the people moving culture forward. It's always tough. Yeah. I do think that like not asking for a very high quality Mm-hmm. in like your culture is a very straight thing just like looking at like how they shoot netflix movies like they all look like shit unless they're like one of the ones where they were like we're gonna let martin scorsese do that but like anything that's yeah. made for netflix is meant to be watched on your phone yeah. and so they're like we're it's just gonna look like shit and that's fine and it's like actually maybe a movie could look good <laughs> maybe for once a movie could look good <laughs> We actually need to specifically address the film Red Notice, which, which is the elephant in the room. Here. 
So That's... Red Notice is the most successful movie on Netflix. It is with Ryan Reynolds, The Rock, and that's right, my girl Gal Gadot. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a Gal Stan, actually. Say more. <laughs> well, I think she's like one of the more like. I'm always like, what are you up to? Like, she's kind of like in Hollywood. She's like so quickly been like turned into star, and like the things that she chooses to do, it's not like she has like a cool art movie background. It's just like no, she's no. just been like launched from person to star and is like kind of just down for whatever Hollywood wants to do with her in a way that makes me laugh so much. She feels like the like the movie version of like industry plants in the <laughs> totally. movie industry where everyone is like she's it and I'm like looking with my eyes and I'm like no that's not Yeah yeah it's it. like I can see this film. Like I will never forget people try to erase history and it's like now it's no longer cool to like Gal Gadot or whatever. When Wonder Woman came out serious film critics were like the charisma and presence she has on screen when telling this feminist epic. And it's like, she is not good. (laughs) She's not good. Her eyes are dead, completely dead. dead. Like, really, like, the most interesting thing she's ever done is, say it with me, imagine. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. That was the only time where I was like, oh, you're a real person who has, like, instincts, but those instincts are bad. Yeah. Yes, 100%. God, the psychology of the Imagine video is so fascinating. Like, to process something like COVID is like, what we need now is all of us coming together to sing John Lennon. It's it's so weird. It's really like that is the only thing you need to know about yes. rich, famous people. Is yeah. that like, that is their response to a global pandemic. Is to all sing in a different key. I mean, <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> Yeah, I see how, like, I also see how you would get roped into that because, like, Hollywood, it's like you get a text from Gal Gadot and she's like, will you, like, make a video for this? And you're like, am I going to say no to, like, Gal Gadot? What if I see her at the Emmys and, and she's mad at me now? Oh, 100%. And your manager is probably like, this, everyone's, Kristen Wiig is doing this. <laughs> J- Jamie Dornan's going to be in like, this. If, like, if literally, if you had texted me, if Gal Gadot had texted me, hey, I'm making a little video, will you shoot 10 seconds of you singing and yeah Kristen Wiig's in it and and I would be like yeah how loud like let me know I'd be on my way to buy a new shirt in the middle of a (laughs) pandemic and wouldn't care about being unvaccinated yeah I mean I'd be hiring a crew I'd be like come over I don't care if you live or die I'm about to be in Gal Gadot's fucking video (laughs) (laughs) I would love love to know if anyone said no like who was like now that's "Mm, a good I'm not gonna do that today that's a like, good investigation. I'm sure like Hugh Jackman was asked. Yeah, but you think he said no? I think he said no. I think he really? was like, if I'm going to do this, I'll do it on my own. Oh, fair. <laughs> wow. Wow, that's so funny because to me, Hugh Jackman's like a classic case of someone who like wouldn't pass up an opportunity to sing. Yeah. But I feel like he, if they didn't ask him, it's confusing. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> okay, huh. wait. So this Red Notice movie, have you guys seen it? Oh. No. Oh, Olivia, you have, right? I, I think I watched like the first five minutes of it and couldn't parse it or stand to look at it much yeah. longer. But it does star the man who I was going to be my other topic if we didn't do this one, which is Ryan Reynolds, who is That's maybe right. the straightest man in Hollywood and also the like object of every straight man's affection. Mm, like he is yeah. to them the pinnacle of male beauty. They're all like, oh, he's a, he's a 10, man. Really? He's like, yes. He's the new John Wayne. If you, Fascinating. If you ask a Midwestern 
non-gay guy who they <laughs> not who familiar they, who they think is like a hot guy they're gonna say wow. ryan reynolds and that is gonna be confusing to people who are attracted to men. yeah because he just looks like he a guy. just looks like he guy. does look like a guy he also there's something about it where it's like <laughs> in the same way that blake lively also just looks like a blonde woman <laughs> Like, they're kind of like, well, we're doing everything right. And it's like, yeah, but you'll never be Brad Pitt and Jennifer Aniston. (laughs) Too catalog. Yeah, exactly. It's too catalog. It's a little Banana Republic. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and he's, like, good enough. He's not bad. You know. As is Blake Lively, quite frankly. I think, I actually, for some reason, I feel such, I feel a very positive vibe towards Blake Lively. I can't, I can't explain it. Ryan Reynolds. Um, a little less. Sometimes I feel like he's made in a like. I think he's a bot. Sometimes he seems to just like have a cadence, and it's always what he, he's gonna do. That being said, oh, Detective Pikachu was a sleigh. <laughs> he voices. He's the voice of. He's Pikachu, the voice of. Right. Oh, is that true? Yeah. That movie, is, yeah. that movie is. Do you know what is actually a huge sleigh? Just friends. Okay. See, like pre Deadpool, Ryan yeah. Reynolds. We love that. And then but, it's like yeah. the aviation gin and Deadpool yeah. and like being a smarmy guy as your whole Well, thing. this is the thing. Like, despite the other problems with the Marvel industrial complex, one of the biggest ones is just that they're like robbing us of people who could be interesting actors. Yeah. Yeah. Like, imagine Robert Downey Jr.'s career, you know, post rehab, if he had not done Iron Man. I was actually just saying this about Jeremy Renner. And where it's like, Olivia. <laughs> no, I, she, I justice for Olivia. Listen, listen, okay, you watch the Hurt Locker, and you're like, this guy's crazy. This yeah. is like a cool, good performance. And then he spends the next like twelve years of his totally. life playing the B tier like Archer in yeah. the Marvel universe, and he could have just been like a cool character actor playing mm-hmm. like freaks in various indie movies. You're actually absolutely right, or even like a villain in. Oh, maybe he already played a villain in the Bourne films, and that's oh no, what I'm okay, about. so he was supposed to take over for Matt Damon. He was, oh, and that's they like is. gave him his own Bourne movie, and it oh, didn't work out. Okay. They also oh. tried to replace Tom Cruise in the Mission Impossible movies with Jeremy Renner. It didn't, but work I think out. you're right in your assessment that he's more of a character actor. He is. Like he does not have what it takes to be a leading man. Some people need to actually understand that they are character actors. Agreed. A lot of people want to be stars, and. There's just not enough room. There's not room for everybody. Well, character actors, you can still be a star in your own way. Absolutely. It's also, there's more longevity in being a character actor. Yes. And you get to have a normal life somewhat. Oh, God. Imagine Elizabeth Olsen's career. It's like, oh it's God. too painful She's to even trapped. talk about. She's trapped. She's trapped. <laughs> we actually have to free her. <laughs> She's literally trying to sabotage her own. She keeps giving these interviews where she's like trying intentionally to offend Marvel so that they can fire her and it's not working. No, we literally have to like fly to Atlanta and like yeah. break her out of the concrete Green jungle that they world. created. <laughs> oh. Okay, so I actually, I, I want to attempt to braid some of these threads together because I think something that Netflix and Ryan Reynolds and Gal Gadot and Marvel and whatever as a concept have in common is that they basically it's this internal thing of like they feel like they were created by algorithms like that's the issue with Netflix movies and shows that are bad that's the issue with these like manufactured movie stars like Gal Gadot who like are sprung on you without the public actually wanting them and I feel like that is the essence of Netflix is like they found an algorithmic way to make entertainment so it always has this like uncanny valley quality because it's not 
because no one asked for it and because it wasn't created by humans. It was created by literally Siri. (laughs) (laughs) She's the head writer. It's like like Netflix, back to Netflix and chill. Is Netflix meant to be watched or is it just like like to be in the background? Remember there was like when Friends left Netflix, everyone was like, what am I going to do my laundry to now? Like Netflix is meant to have on in the background while you're like otherwise preoccupied Mm -hmm. unless you're watching Roma I guess (laughs) (laughs) yeah I mean this is more like maybe less um straight and more just like industry-y and I can't tell how I feel about this even but sometimes like Netflix I feel like they don't have like classically like development people in the way that like networks used to and it's like I don't think networks were doing a great job they were not killing um, but it was also like, I have a better track record than Netflix at this point. Like sometimes the, in the effort to disrupt, it wasn't to like make yeah. n- more interesting things. It was like, how can we just make more money more quickly and with less caring about what we put out? I think because their decisions are so driven by data, then it actually makes it so that humans, because there are development yeah. execs and, and a lot of them are like from big you know formerly from big studios and and big um tv places but it's like when you train yourself to make decisions in this data-driven way then in fact you become the algorithm like you become you change you rewire yourself so that you are thinking in this like non-human way and now we're talking about the matrix (laughs) and now we're talking about the matrix um which you can stream on hbo max it flopped (laughs) well i loved it though so that's all that matters yeah i ultimately did too i think I also it's just like the, the the algorithm of it all is literally just it is fully like most things are about business. They're like, oh, if too hot to handle works, we're going to do love is blind. So we're also going to do the ultimatum to like yeah. keep people here. But it's like it's ultimately this is also like the problem with all tech, which is that like growth has to stop at some 100%. point yeah. and Netflix has never really grappled with that fact and so now they're yeah. losing all their money and they're like what do we do and it's like maybe you should just make things that are good yeah well it's also like scaling something inherently makes the quality worse that's just like how the world works if you scale something and the quality becomes worse and worse and worse at some point the growth is going to stop and then what you're left with is just bad content which is why you have to actually also invest in some more boutique stuff so that at least you can rely on like Scorsese having a a movie on your platform. And it appears that they're even giving up on those. Yeah. So now what are we left with? Too Hot to Handle 3. They're all bisexual. (laughs) I mean, that sounds great. I want to watch. That would be a good one. (laughs) Yeah. We have to address the elephant in the room, Mm. which is to me, Queer Eye. Oh! I thought the elephant in the room was going to be the uh, transphobic stand-up specials. Oh, right. Oh, well, yeah, that also. We can get into both of them, which is just like, oh But yours my is God. more on the nose of what this podcast is about. I do want to, I would prefer to talk about Queer Eye, but the stand-up thing is also, in, is, is almost like a sideshow that's happening where it's like somehow, even though the quality and everything else has decreased, they somehow still have these contracts with these like top, top tier comedians like, it actually is strange that Dave Chappelle and Ricky Gervais are at Netflix, considering they don't have the equivalent, like, film directors. 
but it's almost like a legacy thing where like they started out like really bullish on comedy and now they just like still have these people and have to deal with the fact that they all their specials are like increasingly transphobic but they're also they're not even like like the interview with ted sarandos in the times where he was like i'm not gonna apologize for it like he's allowed to say whatever he wants it's like should he be like well that that sort of stance uh, yeah well it's also like if that's your stance and that's like a perfectly you know I, i would contest some parts of it but that's like that is a stance you could have as like the ceo of a company but then you can't also be like we are changing the way people view queer people like Netflix celebrates queer voices every day. It's like, it's not, you can't have it both ways. You simply can't have it both ways. But, but queer, queer. Um, <laughs> But celebrating queer voices. The ultimate straight <laughs> show. Um, my straight boyfriend loves Queer Eye. This has kind of well, been a recent development in the past few months is that he loves to like wind down from the day by watching those, those five like go into someone's house in Kansas City and remake their lives. He finds it moving every single time. I will say on this podcast, I've said it before. I also find it moving. It really works on me. I mean, it's like, again, it's an algorithm. Like they really know how to package that show yeah. to make you be like, this is stirring. I, I'm i like crying because this person like got their life together after their wife died. Or I whatever. also do feel like those five to their credit as people for the most part, not all of them. I wouldn't, I would, you know. We know who, but a lot of them are like actually very good at like being sincere in this way that is like so annoying and unnatural to me, but like is disarming because they're just unrelenting in it. I don't know. Oh, please. Ah! (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I draw the line at like, no, it's like have some, have some friction. Like it's like everything is, it's too streamlined. Like you want one of them to like say something you want one of them to like offense someone <laughs> like you you want one of them to like make a bad joke or like be or like you know kind of like make you know say something like overtly sexual and then someone to be uncomfortable like it's like you gotta have like you, you can't just have the the gay guys and the and the, and the the queer representatives be like there to make heartwarming television i watched an episode recently where the whole thing was that it was like this divorced farmer who was like in the middle of the midwest somewhere and he kept saying he's like i've never had five gay guys here before he kept saying the phrase like five gay guys like i've never even met a gay person blah 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 and he was like kind of very visibly like shocked and awed about the whole thing and they were just like it was very clear that he was like homophobic (laughs) and was like (laughs) and they just never addressed it it was like very obvious that he was trying to like smooth over the fact that he doesn't think they should be married but like i was like okay there is actual tension here but that's not for netflix sure 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 right well to me it's like then respond to that with like a really kind of with a joke like like make like i think it would be so much more impactful if they were all like really funny and were like making fun of the shortcomings of the people they were helping or something (laughs) rather than then like cutting to an interview where they're like well, animal homelessness is a really big problem. And it's like, well, okay, that's not what I'm here for. <laughs> well, oh. I'm not articulating myself very well today, but well, needless to say, I expect more. No, I, I think you're right. I do think that like part of the straightness of Netflix is that that is their like pioneering yes. queer show, is 100%. that it's like the straightest possible queer show. 
they really do make queer content for straight people. Yeah. I mean, Coming Out Colton, I think, is on Netflix, which is about the oh, right. that the bachelor. bachelor. Yeah. Have that, you seen Heartstopper yet? No. No, but the TikTok kids. The TikTok kids love really it. Love and it. it does. I haven't seen it either. And I don't think I will like it, but who knows? But it does feel like, yeah, a gay story for teens, which, you know, they need their which gay is stories fine. as well. I do think, yeah. <laughs> okay. I do think sometimes when people like overanalyze like a, a, something that is clearly for teens or for kids and they're like, this is neoliberal. I'm like, no, no. <laughs> Go read a book. <laughs> like, <sighs> um, okay. What's well, everybody's favorite Netflix product? Go. Oh my goodness. Well, you know, I really have been enjoying Elite. Oh? Okay. I have no idea. Maybe it's like Mank. I don't know. <laughs> oh, damn. Like you're a Mank head. Oh, wow. Mank. Yeah. That does not surprise me. Yeah. I still need to watch I never it. Saw it. Amanda Seyfried, fantastic mm-hmm. in it. Fantastic. Wow. She's really having a moment. I'm very proud of her. I know. I'm excited for the, when the awards happen and she's going to win everything. <laughs> exactly. Um, Sam, I don't know. What my, I don't know what my favorite Netflix <laughs> thing is actually. I, I asked the question and now I'm like, oh right, right, I don't actually have an answer to that. I will say the the first season of Love Is Blind that came out during the pandemic, I think, was really. Mm-hmm really like got me through some of that terror because I was just like oh these people are so stupid and I'm having such a great time kind of watching them from an anthropological standpoint because I'm like I would never make any of these choices or say any of these things but these people really believe that so there's one little scene where um one of the women they're back home from the pods and she's drinking a glass of wine and then she lowers it and her dog has to tonguefuls of it and she just very like as an aside it's not even a big part of the scene just goes he loves wine and then just keeps <laughs> keeps having a conversation she's having um, that was jessica she jessica. was a legend jessica she yes. was insane she, fan favorite she like won the season <laughs> she was so crazy it was perfect i i could not i mean she kept just being like i really want this to work but i unfortunately don't like anything about this man i don't know what to do he's <laughs> like Break up. It's like, yeah, he's like a rando. <laughs> he's also 24. Like you literally don't know him. Yeah. You don't know him and he's 24. Well, I was proud of myself when Love is Blind 2 came out and I said, no, I don't need it. No. I watched the pod episodes because those are the best ones. It's kind of like how the on The Voice, it's like you want to watch them spin around in the chair. <laughs> I gotta see but that chair. Every, anything else is like, I don't care about this. Um, So I watch those, which is always fun. I, I have a question. How does everyone watch all these shows? I feel like every time something comes out, suddenly within 24 hours, people are like, oh my God, the finale though. George, thank you so much for asking this question. I actually have no idea how everyone has so much damn time on their hands. And it sounds like girl bossy to be like, I'm so fucking busy with my multiple entrepreneurships that I can't watch TV. Well, you are, (laughs) and you should celebrate that. But it is like, when I actually think of the things that are on my list to watch, I'm just like, I can't watch anything because now it's like we're looking at a hundred hours of TV that I have like let go down the drain. And especially with reality programming. Sorry, go ahead. I have friends who like watch everything and I too wonder where do you have the time to do it? Like you all have jobs, I imagine. And then there's only so many hours in the evening that you can commit to like watching the staircase or whatever. Oh, there's so I, many. I also, okay, I just, especially with reality programming, this really, like, when people 
you know, we have so many people in our lives that like at any given point are fully caught up on all housewife franchises and also watch Love is Blind and also watch Selling Sunset and whatever else. It's like I have only ever done little dives into reality TV kind of, you know, I'll randomly watch Vanderpump Rules and, and binge it over a weekend. Then I'll forget about it. I'll ran, you know, whatever. Like it's like a twice, three times a year type thing. The emotional toll it takes to watch people be so depraved and self-destructive and and kind of, I would say, stupid in an existential way that makes you, like, rethink how you feel about your fellow man. <laughs> like, to be bombarded with that on a constant daily basis, I think would break me. Yeah. I don't disagree. It's got to do something to your brain. I would argue, though, that, like, the best... Housewives franchises are usually like like there are stupid people, but you were mm-hmm. also watching a comedy. Right. You were watching yes. like That's people vie for power. Like season, I'll say two of Vanderpump Rules is Shakespeare to me. Oh, it's uh, like it's. I mean, unfortunately, it is true. And I and I, when people say things like that, I'm like, I'm no. almost like, it's like no, oh my God. no, go watch. Like it's like. It's like because people will be like, this is an ancient Greek tragedy. And then you're like, name one ancient Greek tragedy. <laughs> Not to be elitist, but I'm like, what do you think you mean? Name one this? Shakespeare. But then but, <laughs> but then when you do watch it, it is true. You're like, how is this so well executed? And I, I actually don't think it has that much to do with the people on the show. I think it has everything to do with the people who edit the show and the I people know. who produce the show. Yeah, um, which is crazy because I, I have a, a good friend of mine is a story editor on one of the Real Housewives franchises, and she was saying it's mostly straight men editing it. Like, it's not even that is really, crazy to me. Like, which actually adds another layer to it where you're like, it's almost like when they're editing, they're not even doing it in a campy way. They're literally making fun of these women <laughs> they think are disgusting. <laughs> and then we, as women and gay men, watch it and we're like, icon. <laughs> Slay, slay, I don't know, go off. Uh, I mean, do we feel like we figured out Netflix? Yeah, I mean... I think we figured out that it is, like, an algorithm that's meant to make money and not create anything actually of worth. And, like, that is upsetting as people who enjoy quality things. Yeah. Right. What is good? Like, what is a good streaming service? To you, guys. you know, I do believe in right. uh, HBO Max. I agree. That's kind she's of the, the one. She's the girl. <laughs> I also am a bit of a Hulu stand, if I'm being honest. I agree, actually. I actually think Hulu is Hulu is really good at this kind of like, I mean, as we said, Fire Island's streaming on Hulu. Like, they're actually really good at like the mid-budget comedy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In, like, actually, they have that. I don't know if you watched that Jenny Slate one that came out recently. It's called oh, yes. I Want You Back. I see it. So fun. Or they had like Palm Springs. I love like, Palm Springs. They had like, Pen Fifteen. That's right, Pen Fifteen. They also had like difficult people back in the day, like when they were first coming out. Like I, th- I think they're actually really good at comedy. And listen, someone wants to offer me an overall deal <laughs> to create Shader Lab the musical, the series. Yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> and we can replace Sam with Andy Cohen. Like, ugh. <laughs> uh, All right, shall we do shoutouts? Yeah, yeah, we should. I can sense you hesitate. No, no, no. I I wanted to look up. Uh, I have a shout out, but I want to make sure I know the right name. Okay. Oh my god, I I had one and it truly just escaped me. 
Okay, I'll go first. Okay, go. Okay. Oh, wait. Do we explain? Oh, yes. Uh, sure. Shout outs. We give a shout out to anything <laughs> that we enjoy in the style of it's 2001 and you're at TRL and Times Square shouting out to your squad back home. So just saying something you like uh, in homage to the great straight tradition of shout outs. And I will kick us off. What's up, girlinas and freakalikis? It's Sam. I want to give a huge shout out to um, the song Potion by Calvin Harris, Dua Lipa, and Young Thug. Oh, baby. I put this song on last weekend and I said, it's summertime. I feel like dancing casually, sort of in a backyard, maybe as the lights dim from the... <laughs> The sun is going down and oh it's 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 a little dancey but it's also chill. It's it's summery and it's gonna be a hit and um whenever I like a song, I'm always like, Wow, life moves on. Before I heard this, I was uh, struggling to what if I never liked another thing again? And then I hear this and I say, Nope, there's always more to discover in this world. Thank you, Calvin Harris. You're one of the greatest artists of our time. And every time you team up with Dua Lipa, it's magic. And I'm a full Dua Lipa stand now, and I stand by it. And she's a better live performer than all the Heim sisters combined. And if you want to hear more, then come to the Patreon because I'm going to fucking tear them to shreds. And I forgive them. I think they're good at music, but there's more to it than that. Um, XOXO. <laughs> <laughs> Sam's review of Haim is, I think they're good at music, but there's more to it than that. <laughs> so, George, you got one? Um, okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm changing it last minute because I was inspired to do a music-related one. Okay. What's up, little SD Haimistas in the crowd and the audience? And up in the nosebleeds, we see you too, even though you didn't get VIP tickets. <laughs> Throwback to, to my story earlier. Um, I want to give a shout-out to the 2003 Madonna album, American Life. I'm actually very tired of staying silent about the fact that this album is a masterpiece. I try every few years to convince people that this is the case, and they actually laugh in my face. <laughs> and then I try to play it at parties, and people make me literally change the music. And I will not be silenced anymore. This album is truly, if you want to talk about like Madonna at her core, this was kind of her Blank Chuck album in the um, parlance of sister podcast Blank Chuck. And she let her freak flag fly unsupervised in a way that maybe should not have been allowed in retrospect. It contains such lyrics as, there are too many questions, there is not one solution. Those are opening lyrics to a song. And the series of, there's three songs called, oh, in fact, yeah, it goes, nothing fails to intervention to ecstatic process. Is, is really, I mean, it. you know, we might as well be talking about Joni Mitchell. I mean, I have never seen this kind of songwriting in pop music before or since. And I literally listen to this album every year. It literally makes my, it makes my Spotify top 100 every year. And no one cares. And no one's going to care even now after I do the shout out because people are afraid of new things. So that's my shout out. Woo! I want to say, I mean, the music video for the, so there are two music videos for the, the titular track. American Life, one of which was like canceled because, or like not released in America because it was like right after 9 11. And it's like a very anti war video. And I'm like, honestly, yeah. you guys should watch it. She is so, she's so like full, like not what's the word, not full of herself, but like 
confident, like almost in a stupid way where it's like, she just like knows what she wants and it is embarrassing. But at the end of that video, I'm also like, that was kind of cool. That was like, she actually made a statement. <laughs> well, yeah. It's almost like the, um, the other end of the Gal Gadot imagine impulse where like, it's like Madonna has an equally incorrect understanding of the world, but then her response is making her idea of provocative art because she thinks like Gal Gadot thinks bringing people together through Imagine is going to help. And Madonna thinks kind of like saying completely unrelated, irrelevant, provocative things and like showing her ass is going to help. Like it, it is it is different solutions to the same imaginary problem. But Madonna's is more correct. Yeah. Well, also, yeah. <laughs> that features one of the funniest the rap rap section in that song I mean, is the most iconic I, I, thing yeah. on earth. And I think this is what I'm like. I didn't. Is really she? She raps. Yes, I'm drinking okay. a soy latte. I do a double shotte. It goes up to my body, satisfied. and you know I'm satisfied. <laughs> but I do yoga and Pilates, and the is full of Pilates, and I'm and I'm fuck checking out the bodies, and you know I'm satisfied. I, I, I got a a got lawyer and a, a and the manager, a, an agent and a chef, and agent and a, a chef. Fuck. Uh, I'm not. Wait. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'd like to express. I'm not looking it up. I promise. I actually. I just remember the final. The final verse. I'd like to express my extreme point of view. I'm not a Christian and I'm not a Jew. I'm just living out the American dream, and I just realized that nothing is what it seems. Is what it seems. <laughs> it's the most insane thing in the world. Because also it's. Oh, it's also like musically. I'm sorry. It's a good song. Like it is such a fun track. I mean. But yeah. I, I guess my, my 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 point that I didn't really mention is just like, yes, I know it's like technically bad or whatever. But like, if you want to talk about camp value, truly look at these lyrics. It is some of the most incredible, like unintentionally funny lyrics that have ever been. I mean, written. it's art pop for sure. It it yeah. really is <laughs> for sure. Absolutely. Uh, um. Great. Okay, Olivia. Whenever you are ready. Okay. What's up, my girls on the go? I would like to give a quick shout out to a cliff bar that you buy at the deli on the corner when you are running late for something and you did not have the time to eat beforehand. This cliff bar has gotten me through so many things in my life. I am probably going to eat one today as I head to a daytime housewarming party after this. I love every flavor. They are all bad. Um, but sometimes it is exactly what you need. You're going to a movie at six o'clock. It's two hours. Those are prime dinner time you are going to get hungry you need to eat a little protein beforehand so shout out to all my girls who understand this um no shout out to my girls who are on an eating schedule that makes sense for their day and to the to the men who are stalking what i imagine are old cliff bars in their delis shout out to you you are keeping my life running uh and my life does run on cliff bar Woo! that was wow. a beautiful one Wow, that genuinely could have been an ad. Yeah. <laughs> it's very much like, make this your own, like with your own sense of humor, but promote the product. <laughs> it will be on my TikTok shortly. <laughs> Hashtag ad. Um, do you guys know Kind Bars? Of course. Yeah. So, I'm not a big fan. I, yeah, I I only realized this after, but they were founded by someone who is, a, is an alum of the college I went to. So when I was in college, they were everywhere because I think they were doing like guerrilla like they were like starting home and then like broadening it out. So I, it was one of those things where like, it's like something, you know, from your family that no one else knows. And then I graduated and, I, and no one knew what kind bars were. And then now I guess they are, um, I, I guess they are everywhere. But that was like the option on campus. If you were like trying to buy something on the go. Wow. <sighs> so you kind of like knew them first. You yeah. Were kind of like a hipster yeah. when it comes exactly, to kind exactly. bars. I knew them before they were famous. 
I it was I kind of, yeah it was like the people that knew Nicki Minaj in the mixtape era, <laughs> but with kind bars. <laughs> well, I still support Nutrigrain well, bars, no matter how many tweets talk about how much they crumble and how crunchy they are. Wait, but those are Nature Valley bars. Oh, you're right. Nutrigrain is like the soft with the fruit. You're right. Okay. I like Nature Valley. Nutri-grain. I grew up on Nutrigrain bars. Me too. Nutrigrain bars were huge <laughs> in my childhood. My dad had an almost religious devotion to Nutrigrain bars, <laughs> oh, specifically same. the apple flavor. Apple the apple cinnamon, cinnamon one is the best one. Wow. It actually still brings me back to my childhood in such a violent way. That and do you know Cuties ice cream sandwiches? Yes. That was also well stocked in wow. our freezer in our New Jersey era. Well, may we all enter our New Jersey era soon. I, I just want to say snack bars would be a really good topic <laughs> for oh a Oh, my God. Rep. Oh, like a snack bar at the pool. Oh, my God. Ugh. Also, just a day at the pool. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, also that. <laughs> um, well, Olivia, I hope Craighead Nation is satiated. Um, I do, too. I think they will be, and I think... I really think so, too. I also think they'll have if some the- new members after this episode. If the person who created Craighead Nation um, would like to come forward and reveal who they are, I would love to know. Um, I know, but it's like, you know, I also, I understand wanting to know and I also want to know, but I'm also like, maybe the joy is in the mystery. True. It could be anyone. It could, it could be, be anyone. Gal Gadot. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> She's like, only Olivia Craighead will bring us together. <laughs> All right. Well, folks. George needs to like take I a know. nap. George needs to. <laughs> I'm like, lie down. I guess wow. this is. Well, I really thought I had. I really thought I had pulled no, it off. Only did. to be. No, only to end with George moment, needs to take a nap. In that last moment, I could sense how exhausted and hungover you yeah. are. I really am running on fumes. It is. I need a Nutrigrain bar stat. <laughs> well, go get yourself one. And I will. Thanks, Olivia. This has been a treat. Thank, Thank you guys for having me. Of a joy. Bye bye. Bye. Drinking a soy latte, I get a double shot it. It goes through my body and you know I'm satisfied. I drive my mini keeper and I'm feeling super duper. You they tell me I'm a trooper and you know I'm satisfied. I do yoga and Pilates and the room is full of hotties. So I'm checking out the bodies and you know I'm satisfied. I'm digging on the acid to this metaphysics. She just dope and if all this can give me hope, you know I'm satisfied. I got a lawyer and a manager, an agent and a chef. Three nannies, an assistant and a driver and a jet. A trainer and a butler and a bodyguard of five. A gardener and a stylist. Do you think I'm satisfied? like to express my extreme point of view i'm not a christian and i'm not a jew i'm just living out the american dream and i just realized that nothing is what it seems